Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Monday, September 4th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book, and we're in Chapter 11 of Vision for You. On page 151, we'll be reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, Now and Then a Serious Drinker, and ends, He Will Wish for the End. Today's readers, and thank you for your service this Labor Day. For the 12 Steps, Chris G., the 12 Traditions, Anita L., readers of the text, Craig F. and Kathy F., Our newcomer greeter is Colleen M., and our second-hour host is Tamara C. The reference number for yesterday, Sunday, September 3rd, Special Edition, 2023, is 20,595. That's 20595. And if everyone would please check your phone to be sure you're muted. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Chris G. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning and thank you. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable who came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles 
in all our affairs. Thank you and have a good day. Thank you, Chris G. And I'll now ask Anita L. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the chapter of Vision for You on page 151. We'll be reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, now and then, a serious drinker and ends, he will wish for the end. 
And I will ask Craig F. to please begin reading. Okay, thank you. This is Craig F. and I'm recovered in in actually Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Now and then, a serious drinker, being dry at the moment, says, I don't miss it at all. Feel better, work better, having a better time. As ex-problem drinkers, we smile at such a sally. We know that our friend is like a boy whistling in the dark to keep up his spirits. He fools himself. Inwardly, he would give anything to take half a dozen drinks and get away with them. He will presently try the old game again, for he isn't happy about his sobriety. He cannot picture life without alcohol. Someday he will be unable to manage life either with alcohol or without alcohol. Imagine life with or without alcohol. Then he will know what lonely he will know loneliness such as few do. He will be at the jumping off place. He will wish for the end. You know, some of these paragraphs um, don't translate as well to food as this one does. But for me, this one translates very well. You know, not happy in a a white-knuckle abstinence situation. You know, and can't imagine my life without food. Can't imagine my life with the food. Can't imagine what's going to happen if I don't get to eat that dessert and can't imagine what's going to happen if I do eat that dessert. You know, uh, what, what a description of the, uh, of the disease, what a description of my, uh, of my life. Uh, and, and, and what makes the difference? You know, we, we, we come in this program and we learn that we have an allergy uh, and, you know, uh, this individual in the, in this description, has the, has the alcohol down. He's not talking about the allergy. The allergy isn't being tickled. Um, you know, the food was down a lot of times. You know, I went on diets. The food was down. But the greater problem that lies in my mind hadn't been dealt with, you know. And, and I, I wasn't happy with the food. I wasn't happy without the food. I simply wasn't happy. I uh, wasn't happy about my my uh, so-called abstinence until uh, we have a, until I had a spiritual experience until I had, did the work that this program asks us to do. You know, again, step twelve says having had a spiritual experience as the result of the steps, uh, the result, and then uh, with that spiritual experience, with that re- with that rearrangement uh, of my. Uh, uh, inner workings and wellsprings of my mind with, with that rearrangement. I can. I am happy today without the additional food. I'm happy today without those things, those allergic foods that I know will trigger my allergy. And, and you know, I, I have a life that is uh, that's worth living. I, I don't have to be at that jumping off place and wish for the end. I I can wish for life and and you know my life isn't everything i want it to be yet but uh it it, it is a still a better life than the life uh i had in the food and, and in the disease and, and it's a better life because uh of the of the 
the steps and because of the the, the fellowship uh, that comes through this program. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the opportunity to share and ready to hear what other people have to say. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings um, last Thursday or Friday, if you'll hold back this morning, and who would like to share on what was read? Kelly S. Kelly? Christina J. Christina? Leah S. Leah S. Janice P.M. Janice? Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Okay, we'll go with Kelly S., Christina J., Leah S., and Janice P.M. Kelly S., you're up, followed by Christina. All right. Good morning, guys. Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic. That's Kelly with an E. Sounds like we might have lost you, Kelly. Okay, here I am. There you are. (laughs) I've never had to say, can you hear me now? Um, Okay. (laughs) So, um, Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks to my friend Craig for getting us started. Um, all right, so I just wanted to share on this paragraph because um, jumping off place, oh my gosh, I've been to that jumping off place so many times. Um, sadly, I've been in that uh, jumping off place in these rooms um, because I'd been around for so long and I just felt like it was never going to work, you know, and I couldn't imagine um, going on eating the way I was eating and feeling the way I was feeling and living the way I was living, right? I mean, that was just a thing. And, but the truth was, um, I'd been around OA for a long time and I'd had abstinence before, but I never had that peace, that neutrality. And so I didn't really know. I, I, there was a better way. So to me, there were these two options, you know, it was like, there was this abstinence, this you know, that eventually became, you know, I'd get this little pink cloud, so yeah, I'd be easy, and then and then it'd become white knuckly, and I'd be living in the bedevilments, and that was abstinence to me. Or there was this, you know, going back on the disease, binging, purging, over 100 pounds, you know, of, of weight gain, depression, hopelessness, fear. I mean, those were my two choices, you know, it was awful, and I, I couldn't not eat, but I mean, I didn't feel like there was any other kind of solution, and then I started listening to this meeting um, and, and started hearing uh, there was hope. What I heard wasn't there was just hope and abstinence. I was heard there was hope and abstinence with neutrality and people were sharing on these lines that they were free, that they were free from this obsession, right? That they were abstinent. They said, I was, I'm abstinent happily. I'm like, what? You know, and they're doing life. I'm like, what? I mean, I didn't even know that was an option. I hadn't heard this message, right? And then I started, Zoom came out, and I started seeing the faces of people who had this. And you can tell. You can hear it in the voices. You can see it in the eyes. But people mean it. There's a way of abstinence where you are free, 
right? And food's no longer calling my name. And I actually get to learn how to live life different. So until we get that message out there, until I heard that message, that jumping off place is awful because there's no other way. But I didn't realize. And then, of course, I didn't realize, too, you know, how do you get that? I had to put the food down. Yeah, that's going to suck for a while. I have to work these steps and I have to get this relationship with God. So I wasn't hearing the message. So I didn't know. I didn't have the hope that I could be abstinent with neutrality and do it happily. And I didn't know what the solution was, this relationship with God. I thought abstinence was the solution. So today I am so grateful. I worked this up. Well, you know what? I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you for putting the message out there that we can be abstinent, we can have neutrality, and we can do so happily. I want to tell the newcomers that's possible. So get, get ready. Get ready. It can happen. Put the food down. Work these steps. Get this connection with God. And you too can have this gift. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Kelly S. And Christina J., you're up, followed by Leah S. Morning. How are you? I hope you're doing well. This is Christina J. in North Carolina. <clears throat> I heard something in a meeting this weekend that just really locked it down for me on step one. Uh, step one, there is no plan B in step one. I love that. No plan B. And um, in 2022, I had almost... Um, almost three years. And at, towards the end of getting towards those three years, we were going through a very tumultuous situation and I began to have a plan B. There is a plan A and that is a solution. There is one solution as I've heard it said on these lines. There is a solution, plan A. There is no plan B solution. So plan B started sneaking in in extra abstinent foods. Um, plan B, uh, this 10 step isn't that important. Plan B, uh, I don't feel connected to God in my 11th. I'll still sit here and do prayers, but I'm not going to make a call about it and see what to do about it. I'm too busy getting ready for this huge move, and I am controlling everything and handling everything. And so finally, in October of 22, when we got here and everything was starting to settle out a little bit, um, it was too much. Plan B had taken over my life and went into the worst part of plan B, which was the jumping off point into the real true food. Already I had jumped off emotionally, but I needed to, I needed to jump off into the food because emotionally I was a mess. <clears throat> so today I'm almost at 60 days and I have neutrality and I'm amazed and shocked at the joy I have appearing in my life. Um, but you know, it takes me working these steps. It takes me, I'm going through the steps right now and it takes me doing the work. Uh, I, I, there's no plan B. There's no damn plan B, Christina, uh, crazy mind disease. You know, I have a plan A and it's damn beautiful. It works if I work it. And what gives me the willingness to work it? What gives me the willingness to put down the food? pain, the pain of it all, the wringing of my hands when I'm emotionally upset, the willingness to pick up the phone and do a 10-step about it. My brain says I can handle it because my big problem in life has been self-sufficiency. I can handle everything. I learned that as a kid, and it got stronger and stronger until it brought me to almost death with this food, dying every day in this food, and I hated it, but today... Because there is no plan B, and because I have to work plan A like my backside's on fire, I have a life. And I have to know, I'll finish up with this, 
But that plan A has got to be a part of my core being, like brushing my teeth and taking a shower, eating my abstinent foods. This is my medicine to stay clean and happy and joyous. And I'm so grateful for joy. I haven't had joy like this in a long time. Thank you all for supporting me and and being with me on this path. And I'm with you. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. And Leah S., you're up, followed by Janice P.M. Hello. Was I called? Yeah, Leah. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, good morning, everyone. Oh, my goodness. This is Leah S. in Brooklyn, recovered and so grateful. So here we go on page 152. He will presently try the old game again, for he isn't happy about his sobriety. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So that means a dry drunk. And um, the truth of the matter is, even if I was introduced to the steps and it gave me hope, it wasn't until I really walked the walk and talked the talk, but really walked the walk, that I wasn't able to apply it and experience it and uh, to make it work. So there was a lot of fear in me. What am I giving up over here? My real comfort, my real comfort zone. And I couldn't imagine myself without those. And, And the truth of the matter is, this is life. This is every time in life. And without these 10, 11 steps, I don't know where I would be. And it's applying myself to it. These past two weeks were really difficult for me, very, very difficult. And just saying God is going to help, it didn't mean that God is going to help. I had to believe it. I had to trust that whatever I'm doing is just going to work out for the good. And, you know, every time I apply myself to it and trust, I don't know how somehow things just... The whole puzzle falls into place. Things just work out without me even intervening or even thinking about it. It's just miraculous. So give these steps a try, but give them all you've got because if you're not going to give them all you've got, you're not going to get more than what you ever expected for from this program. And so with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah S. And Janice PM, please share with us. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, um, Lisa H. This is Janice PM, recovered in Massachusetts. Well, well, well. This paragraph, do I identify of what I was? And this is so true. I'm not like this today, but this tells us. If, do you, can you identify with this? Oh, boy, can I? Now and then. A serious drinker, for us a serious compulsive overeater. Yeah, now and then. When I was abstinent, you know, I, yeah, of course, I said to myself, um, hmm, I don't miss it at all. Lie, deception, boy, oh boy, what a lie. Work better, you know, having a better time. What a liar, what a dishonest woman I was. But it says, as a now, the X problem, 
eater, drinker, which is me today, recovered. I, X problem means I don't have the, uh, um, I, had, I have the disease, but I have the solution. The problem is all set, not cured, but just taken away for today. So that's who I am today. The X problem, compulsive overeater, recovered. But this is what I was. You know, I would smile. Oh, boy, I was a quick-witted responsor from a defensive. I was always in the defense. I would smile such a Sally. Well, of course, I, you know, I was always fooling myself, deceiving myself inwardly. If I could only be like them, I would see what they ate. If I could just eat like that and then stop and then not start again, you know, but I, but I couldn't. I was always a, a fool, fooling myself. And because uh, if I could get away with it and not wake up to those four horsemen, I would probably continue. But that didn't happen with me. Now, as a recovered woman, I wake up because I went through and had a spiritual awakening. You see, not an awful awakening like I had in the past, but a presently a spiritual awakening. Now I can say I feel better. I work better because I walk with God. Talk, 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 but I walk with God through these 12 steps through practicing the principles. He's the one that performed the miracle of taking away the obsession. And if I don't have the desire, I'm not going to pick up the food. Who, who wants to do that? I mean, you can't make me do something that I don't want to do, that I don't have that desire. So you see, it's it's just shows us, shows me anyway, that uh, this is a defensive response. Oh, I feel better. Da, da, da. I don't feel better. What about the man of 25 years? He felt better, but then all of a sudden he picked it up because that's what happens when we don't practice these steps. It's the abstinence is just temporary. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Right on time. Thank you, Janice PM. Mm-hmm. And we are on page 151 reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins now and then a serious drinker and ends he will wish for the end who else share this morning karen k karen k bruna d alec b Bruna D, Alec, I think he said Alec D. Elena C. Elena, I heard Elena C, and I heard Nancy C, right? Yes. Terrific. Teresa A. Teresa A. Anybody else? Okay, this is what I have. Karen K, Bruna D, Alec D, Elena C, Nancy C, and Teresa A. Karen K, you're up, followed by Bruna D. Good morning, everybody. My name is Karen K from Syracuse, New York, and my credit still do not transfer. Yeah, this is a very good tag. Well, actually, this whole section is is really good um, for me. 
I thought I had my act together. I thought I had this disease under control. Yesterday I went to a meeting and the, the sheriff said, and I could beat this disease up. I thought I could just beat this disease up. You know, um, I thought I was okay. I thought everything was okay. You know, I got married, everything was going all right. And my husband said at the very beginning, he goes, I don't expect you to change anything, Karen. Keep going to your meetings. I don't actually don't expect you to to change. And slowly by slowly, inch by inch, the food came back. I never thought, because God gave me this this struck thing, you know, and and I never thought it would it, it would ever happen. I thought if I sponsored more, uh, that would keep me abstinent. No, that's a lie. That's another way this this disease will lie. This is this disease I believe now did transfer is doing uh, one-handed push-ups all the time, and I might need God for both hands in my in prayer with this disease, and and now I'm getting back into uh, with God in the morning that uh, and getting back on track to how my recovery was and for a better experience and new experience. Through this step, nobody is immune from uh, uh, going out back in, into the food. And for the grace of God, it wasn't for a long time. And for that, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm a human being, and I'm tired of living in shame of what this freaking disease will do. And I don't give a shit. I can't. I can't care what you guys think. I can't. It, it, will, it will kill me. And you know what? I'd rather choose my life with God and my husband and my family and care and giving a shit about what other people think of my recovery. Because you know what? It doesn't really matter. Or a chosen few now. If I can get a couple people to keep my secret, I'll be okay. That's bullshit. Another lie. We lost you, Karen. Karen, star one. Okay, hope y'all can hear me. Um, for some reason, we lost Karen. Bruna D, are you available? Followed by Alec D. You guys have a Hi. great day. I guess why I'm gonna. I guess God. I, I guess God was trying to tell me I was done. I was done. I am done. You guys have a blessed day. Those those who have to work and those. Who do not have to work, and I am done. And you got to be done. You got to be done. And mean Thank it. you, Karen. Thank you. And Bruna D. Followed by Alec D. Hi, I'm Bruna D. From Northern Ireland, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. And yeah, how many times did I think before I come into the program that? Um, Oh, but I'm I'm fine today. Today I feel better. Things are going well. Nobody's disturbing me. You know, I, I, maybe I'm cured. Maybe I'm better. Maybe it's not that bad. And and I would convince myself it wasn't that bad for long enough until the pain got bad enough to get me to a meeting and to you know to then you know bad enough until I was able to ask somebody to be my sponsor and. And get a, get on and do this work of the twelve steps, and you know that line inwardly, they would give anything to take half a dozen drinks and get away with them. And, you know, it's that holding on to those old ideas that 
yeah, maybe maybe it's okay. Maybe I can eat this stuff, you know, like the lie of the disease, like it's been shared, you know, a while ago it was the lie the disease was presented to me. Oh, maybe you can eat your sun cereal. You know, maybe this is not too big a deal. You know, maybe you don't too much fuss about this eating thing. Maybe you weren't that bad after all. But here's the truth. And I need to go to my higher power, God of my understanding for the truth. You know, I wished for the end. That that's my reality. I'm not proud to admit it, but that's that's where compulsive overeating brought me. You know, I felt that life wasn't worth living. It was a dark, dark place, and I just want to pull the curtains and you know. So I'm today is very different. I'm not whistling in the dark. It's a sunny day here, middle of the afternoon, and I'm able to enjoy the sunshine, be out. I'm not wearing black every day, all day for various reasons because I don't need to physically and because I don't feel that darkness anymore you know that's what a connection with a higher power has given to me that's what relying on God has given to me in this program this fellowship people a sponsor the steps surrender 10 steps 11 steps the whole the whole shoot gallery you know I need it all and I don't wish for the end I wish for, for being in right here, right now with all of you, being present, being fully here, fully alive. And that's amazing. That's that's a miracle. You know, I, I don't want my son cereal. I don't want any of that stuff. I want more of my hair power. I want more of this recovery. I want more freedom, more peace. All of that. So I'll leave it there. I'll pass. And thank you all for doing service. Thank you, Bruna D. And Alec D., you're up, followed by Elena C. Alec, press star one. We can't hear you. Thank you. Hi, this is Alec B., as in boy, from St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Um, yeah, well, uh, have a good, um, uh, may you all have uh, Labor Day. I've been reflecting on this passage in light of my, my journey with program and how a year ago uh, on, on Labor Day, I had a big uh, relapse. And I was thinking about how I was just like this boy whistling in the dark, thinking, oh, I got, oh it's okay. Oh, I like being absent. Oh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm white knuckling every day and I'm stressed out every day, but it's, it's going fine. That's all I need. If I have the food plan, have the structure, and, and it'll all be great. Um, but I wasn't going deeper into the program. I always had those lurking thoughts. And I, I, it took me a long, long time, and I still struggle with them, that I can get through it in another way, that I can do this without having to be like everyone else, right, that I'm unique, that I don't need to make phone calls, that I don't need the, the, um, the fellowship, that I don't need to listen to meetings, that I don't need to be honest. Um, but, it, you know, a year ago, I was doing fine. I had, you know, some time of, of quote-unquote abstinence, but then I entered into to a, a community barbecue where I, I, I didn't want to be there and there were a lot of people I didn't want to talk to and I was stressed and, and frustrated and discontent and irritable, right? And then that led me right into the food, right into the secrets, right into the shame. Um, uh, and unfortunately, I've had too many moments like that since then. That was not the moment that, that brought me uh, to greater depth. And, and yet here I am today and I'll have the same community barbecue uh, but I feel so much more rooted because it's not just the, yes, I have a plan and yes, I have structures and I made two phone calls yesterday and I'm calling in today and, and I, and I'm, you know, staying deeply rooted in prayer and being attentive, but it's not about the plan. It's about this, this spiritual program. 
and knowing uh, that God wants me to serve, that God wants me to love those I'm with, to be present with those who are coming, to be attentive to them and not so focused on myself and focused on me and my food and my body, et cetera, the things that distract me from those I'm called to love. And so I'm grateful to, to go today with confidence, or confidence first in God, but also in myself, that, that I'm going to go through this day in freedom and peace and abstinence, uh, able to love those I'm with, able to love myself and able to love God, um, praying for those who work, for those who are looking for work, um, and just grateful. And so I, I'm glad to be in this program. I'm glad uh, to not be trying to white-knuckle it every day, trying to, to prove that I can do this without being with everyone else. Knowing that, no, no, I do need to rely on the phone calls. I do need to rely on the support. I do need to rely on God and on the steps. Um, so thank you for listening, and have a great, blessed, and abstinent day. Bye, pass. Thanks. Thank you, Alec B., And Elena C., you're up, followed by Nancy C. Good morning, everyone. It is such a treat um, to wake up uh, hearing these voices and this line. My name is Elena C., uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. I want to comment on um, this, this this sentence. He cannot picture life without alcohol. Someday he will be unable to imagine life either with or alcohol or or without it. Then he will know loneliness as such as few do. And so, you know, for me, I felt lonely and I I went to food or I went to other things, you know, maybe the phone or maybe other things. And so I believe I will not feel lonely. And you know, the effect was so elusive that I couldn't differentiate the truth from the false. I felt lonely. I thought I didn't feel lonely, and I felt lonely. And I, I want to kind of share a distinction between loneliness and solitude. And so, you know, it says, in other words, loneliness is a sense of isolation that persists even when other people are present. Solitude in contrast, is the choice to be alone and use that time either for reflection or simply enjoyment in one's own company and access God. It's about being present with oneself and God rather than the lack of company. And practicing solitude enables me to attune myself to a more tranquil and relaxing thought and feeling to bring inner peace and embody God. And oh my God, I'm like, wow. You know, there are several relationships that are rocking my life and I am so good in isolating and just feeling disconnected. And the thing is to me, I see today that it's it's a choice. I make a choice, might not be conscious choice, but it's a choice to isolate and feel lonely. And, you know, I also see that I have a choice to practice solitude. And practice solitude is being present for myself with all of me, my emotions, uncomfortable and, you know, comfortable and access God and then be present with others and not rely so much on whoa, you know, you make me feel lonely because you didn't talk to me for five minutes and now I feel lonely. God, it doesn't work that way. 
and I need to hear that, and I need to get that. I need to remember that every single day, because boy, oh boy, I could get that there in that state of despair in a couple of seconds if I don't have God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elena C. And Nancy C., you're up, followed by Teresa A. Hey, thank you, Lisa, for taking the meeting. Thanks, everyone, for their service today. My name is Nancy C., and by the grace of God, I'm gratefully recovered this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And, man, I have a stomach, um, not with the sentence, um, someday he'll be unable to imagine life with life either with alcohol or without it that mental twist that insanity of do i go left or right do i stand up sit down fight 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 i i don't know um and it's the damn resting on the laurels of this whole program of i am identifying so much with everyone else who has shared getting to that place where I've got it now. We have arrived. I have arrived. I've gone through the steps. I'm recovered. I can talk on meetings. I can do this, that, or the other thing. And all of a sudden, I, I lost that understanding of the spiritual malady and that that hole had to be filled with God. And getting that feeling of God has everything in my life and then deciding I'm going to scoff at that gift because I've arrived and I can start doing things my own way. You know, the person on the line who talks about that spiritual damn blueberry that has to come off the plate because it's one-tenth of an ounce over is my guiding force of saying how honest I have to be with you and my fellows if I'm going to maintain this program of recovery. Because if I get to that point of the jumping off point where I don't know the true from the false and I can't see anything but that disease saying, it's okay, that one blueberry is okay. And you don't have to tell anybody because it's just one blueberry. And then the next thing, it's one piece of meat. And then the next thing, it's something else. And then all of a sudden, we're back getting the hideous horsemen. They're all back again. This program, this disease is insidious, it's baffling, it's cunning, it's powerful, and it will get me every time if I don't wake up every day and turn my will and my life over to God and really work the steps with you guys. I can't do it alone, and I'm so glad to know today I'm in the middle of the herd, and I know if I can share my experience with everyone, that blueberry becomes my saving grace for the day that says, Eating isn't the thing. God is the thing. You guys are the thing. And eating just, I eat to live, not live to eat today. And I don't have to worry about that jumping off point today if I stay in the middle of the herd. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nancy C. And Teresa A., please share with us. Good morning, all. My name is Teresa A., and I am a hopeless compulsive overeater in Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, I wanted to give a um, uh, a pitch for the Big Book Dictionary and Concordance, the small little book that I picked up somewhere along the way in my OA journey, which lets me refer to what words mean or what they meant in the days that the Big Book um, that the big book was written. And 
in my big book, in most places, I've got definitions of various words, but for some reason, I never looked up the word Sally. I thought I already knew what it meant, um, where it says, as ex-problem drinkers, we smile as such a Sally, and I was very, very wrong. So Sally, according to the big book dictionary, means a remark, an outburst, or a quick-witted response um, from a defensive position. And that really stuck out to me is because when it says we smile at such a Sally, they're smiling at the remarks that were made. I don't miss it at all. Feel better, work better, have a better time. In my thoughts, before I looked it up, I thought the Sally was a person. We smile at such a Sally. And the way that I was interpreted is like, here's this, look at this fool, right? We're, look at this fool who thinks they've got it. We're smiling at the fool. And the reason this resonates is because I have fallen off the trail with my eating once again. And there is such a sense of shame of coming back, of making outreach calls, because they're going to smile at me. They're going to look at me and say, hey, look at her. She's, she's off the wagon again. But, and it reminds me of the time when, um, in the early days, when they went to um, compulsive, uh, uh, alcoholic number three, and he said, what are they laughing at? And I always thought that people were judging me or laughing at me. But the recover compulsive overeater, when they're working with others, they're not laughing at the person. They're smiling at the mindset, right? They understand that the mindset can be off. And I have my own Sally. When I was abstinent, I, my Sally sounded like this. I got this. I'm good. I'm okay. And it's no coincidence that all of my Sally's start with I, self-centeredness in the least. In, in the worst. But I come back to this meeting today that I have not had a chance to come to live for a very long time. Um, and I typically would be embarrassed to come to, but I come and I say, I'm here. I'm a hopeless compulsive overeater. And I know that people on the line are here to help me. They're, ju- they're not judging me. They understand my hopelessness. They understand my sallies. And they're here to bring me to a higher place. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Teresa A. And we are on page 151, the third paragraph that begins now and then a serious drinker through one paragraph ending he will wish for the end. Still plenty of time and who else would like to share? Elise, hello. This is Raquel from Israel. Okay, Raquel. Elise and Raquel. Deanne F. from New York. Deanne F. Anybody else? Okay, let's go with Elise N., Raquel, and you'll have to give me the first initial of your last name, and Deanne F. Elise N., please share with us. Hi, this is Elise. And you can hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, And this paragraph talks about thinking about the end, but, you know, not being happy with the food or without the food. And I'm in a place where I've been resisting working the steps. Um, I was up to step four, and I I had... um, was was going through some other things and and I didn't work the step four, 
and I'm hearing people say on this line consistently that if you don't work the steps, it's like white knuckling it and that you can go, go back to the food or that you will go back to the food and that scares me. So I'd like to say that um, today when I have free time, I'm going to read the big book, um, at least try, read, and try means read um, the big book up until the fourth step so that I can get into the fourth step and really do it and really come to that spiritual awakening that will keep me from white knuckling with the food. Um, I've lost about 50 pounds. I'm happy about that, but I want it to be, I want this to be, um, you know, a permanent way of life. I don't want it to be just a weight loss. I want it to be where I'm close to, close to my higher power, close to God, and um, that I don't have so much fear. So I listen to this meeting I I try to listen every morning, so I'm thankful that you're here, and I'm thankful for everyone that's done service, everyone that shares, and everyone that listens, um, even if you listen, too shy to share. So I don't I don't usually share on this meeting, but I thought for today that I would, and I'm glad I got in. So thanks again, everybody who shares, gives service, and is here listening and I'll pass. Thank you, Elise N. And Raquel, you're up, followed by Deanne F. Hello. Hello. Good day to the moderator and to all my family there. This is Raquel E. And I wanted to share this uh that that jumping off point in one of the early meetings, uh, uh, conventions that we had that was in Rhode Island, I can't even remember how many years ago that was, there was a a, uh, a, a marker that was made that, was, uh, that the people bought, and I made myself a few of that marker to give it to sponsors when they are at the, the jumping off point or they think that they are on the horse and they'll never fall off. For me now, with 14 years, 7 months, and 12 days, I am at that grateful point where I know that the promise that there'll be neutrality with food has come true, and that now being an old age, in an old age home, uh, where there are some things that I don't like, some things that I do like, I know I know that God is there, and he sent me two sponsors who are eagerly starting. We are now at the, uh, uh, we, the we agnostics, and it is so beautiful to see them starting to get it. But that mark, that bookmark says, it says on one side, the monkey may be off your back, and there are little monkeys on it at the bottom dancing. <laughs> on the other side, it says, but the circus is still in town. For me, that is so meaningful. 
the monkey is off my back was off my back when I got abstinent so many times before, since 1979 in, in Connecticut that I got abstinent, but I did not know anything about the steps, and all we were talking was what they called then fat, later fat serenity. But then to find the steps and to really do it and do it and do it and do it. For me, it took long to really come to the depth of it and, and having some promises come true. But that the circus is still in town. In other words, it, you can so easily get back if you're not on guard. I, I found a little article about that says the tornado watch. In the old, in an old lifeline, when I moved here, I kept some of the things in an old lifeline about watching for the tornado watch when things are not right inside. Like for me now, moving into a place and and for the first time in my life, being 81. Wow, I've never been 81 before. Somebody said to me, "Don't worry, it'll pass. You'll soon be 82. If God willing, I will. That I will be with you guys all the time." Blessing God for all the wonderful shares of people, whether they come back from a relapse or whether they are deep, deep in the promises, that it's so incredible. I say it many times and I'll say it one more time. I deeply believe that God was holding Bill's hand when he was writing the 12 steps. And I get the proof to it every time. There's a little grocery store in, in this old Hi. age home. Yes. I will stop, and the rest of it I will tell you next time. But the, the person who runs the store does not want to hear about the disease or what is what are the characteristics. But just that I talk to her a little bit, she's a few days later coming, like rising from her behind the desk with the cash register, and her face has completely changed. A few days of leaving alone the substances, all of a sudden, the, the swelling of the face is gone and the shine in the eyes is back. So that is when you are staying with it and really, really knowing that the circus is there waiting. So, and you don't, you're not going to it. Thank you so much for listening. I Thank guess. you, Raquel E. And Deanne F., please share with us. Hey, good morning, Lisa. Good morning, my beloved fellows. Just walking this path for another day. Uh, if we're blessed to, to be here. Uh, my name is Deanne F. I am I incredibly grateful. Um, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And um, this paragraph is just really um it really hits home in such a way um you know i i really appreciated the definition of of a sally because i was actually gonna look it up uh and i've definitely been you know been there before uh, for sure um in that first line you know, when it says now and then a serious drinker being dry at the moment. Um, so that tells me two things. First of all, dry literally means that 
I'm on willpower. I'm, I'm on what I believe to be my own power. That's what dry actually means. That's what absent means without working these steps, without surrender. Because what I, what I come to understand on a daily basis this is a reprieve, which is a state of, of execution. That's what that means on a daily basis. Is that there's only the two choices. I mean, I am surrendered all the time in the disease. I'm okay. surrendered. Oh, surrendered to the disease. Surrender to God today, everybody. Okay, thank you. Sorry, Deanne, to cut you short. Thank you, DNF. Um, for sharing, and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, September 4th, 2020. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,596. That's 20596. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer. And Kathy F., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Lisa. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.